never, ever, ever, I've said this before, but I'll say it again. Wipe your butt with silver sage as soft as it looks. Never, ever, ever. I, uh, you lost me. <laughs> it was a random thought. He said he's starting it with random. That thought. is a very random thought. <laughs> <laughs> but you said that like, you know, he said oh. it like he's how suffering, right yeah. dude. It no, not right now, but I did suffer. <laughs> it looks soft and supple, but that's just the ambush, the trap being set. Ron, elephants here. You know, yeah. Well, we don't have that on the prairie. Oh, Thank fair you enough. very much. <laughs> fair enough. But we got this freaking resin impregnated silver sage <laughs> that neither cleans or frees anything up. It just causes everything to adhere. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. <laughs> so, so that's the problem. <laughs> I know. It's like, how do you follow that? You know? <laughs> So then, <laughs> I just I don't want to ask, but I have to. No, just wait, just wait. <laughs> so then you try to clean it up with some bunch grass, <laughs> and you can't because it makes everything stick. So now you got silver sage resin, silver sage resin, some leftovers. You got. And some bunch grass. Yeah. You got Western wheat grass stuck up in there. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and then you're just hoping beyond hope that you can figure out a way to free things up. <laughs> so you can walk the four miles back to the truck. Well, that was some monkey butt. <laughs> oh, dude. It was beyond. Oh. I had to use the paste, the powder, and the diaper just to <laughs> keep everything in there so it would. So, so starting off with a pro tip right out of the gate. <laughs> What's the tip? Don't use silver sage. Oh, there was a lot of tips. <laughs> so is it just the stickiness or is it actually like cause it's, rash? Dude, it's not sticky. It is freaking resin. I mean, it, it pastes everything in there and then it hardens. <laughs> It's like uh, three minute epoxy, <laughs> except you got to walk miles back with that stuff in there. So you've only tried it once, right? Once. You've only tried it once. <laughs> yep. And that, I mean, I was in a desperate situation. <laughs> Did you already... coffee? Yes. As a matter of fact, there was coffee involved. And I didn't want to, it were brand new socks. So I didn't want to cut the tops off of the socks. <laughs> and I had high socks cause I had my hiking boots on. And so I didn't want to turn them into little shorties falling down there, giving me blisters on my feet. So I got blisters elsewhere. <laughs> anyway, I hope that doesn't make the show. That shouldn't. Oh, come on. You know better. It's making, oh, it's it's making, making it. the show. We can End of the year highlights, maybe. Yeah, it's a highlight. Anyway, all right. 
<laughs> that was just to loosen everybody up. Get ready for get ready for go time. <laughs> Are we good? Yeah. Welcome to another episode of Wild and Exposed Podcast. We've had a busy fall in different ways. We're going to catch everybody up on that tonight. And in addition, we're going to throw out some pro tips, kind of an end of the year pro tip episode as we move back into the winter from the fall shooting that uh, everybody but me has been taking part in. So we've got myself, Ron Hayes, Michael Morrow there in Denver, Jason Loftus coming to us from? I'm still in Chicago. <laughs> Haven't been able to leave yet. <laughs> Stuck in Chicago. Chicago. How long are you there for? Uh, one more day. I get to go home. So I hope you make it, buddy. I'll make it. <laughs> and Brandon Day, also coming to us from the Denver metropolitan area. How's it going, Brandon? It's going good. I'm still in my bathroom renovations, so we're moving along still. It's supposed to be painting, and I'm a bathroom in now. So, Well, I don't know if we've covered it on the podcast. Have we? Oh, Maybe we just talked about it down in Texas at Precision. <clears throat> I started, I was going to paint our bedroom. And so we, I was going to do trim at the same time. So I pulled the trim off and then the drywall started pulling away and then I peeled it up and there was a little mold. So we pulled up some of the drywall and there was a little more mold. Next thing you know, we're a whole wall in and then a bathroom and then a finished floor and then a sub floor and we went all the way to the joists. So mama gets a new renovation for uh, her bedroom and her bathroom. Isn't that the deal, though? It always starts with some. So, like, I'm going to hang a picture on the wall. <laughs> Next thing you know, you're down to the floor, Joyce. <laughs> the hammer goes through the wall, and here we go. It really is like that, though. You can never just do a simple project. Everyone turns it into a major ordeal. Well, the good thing with Brandon is he's uh, doing a lot of YouTube stuff, so he's been chronologic. What do you call it? I've been filming every aspect. Yeah, and it's kind of, you know, you see this doable like maybe a third of the way up on the wall the the he's cut all the mold out and i'm like okay well that's not so bad fast forward a day and now we've got no drywall in the whole bedroom or bathroom and then fast forward another day and then there's no floor on the bathroom so he can all watch his uh escapades on his on youtube yeah it takes like four times as long to because you got to set up a camera and you don't want to just do one shot. Well, you could, but I don't want to do just one shot. So you're always moving a camera and you're wearing a camera or you're putting a camera behind a wall and then pulling a wall off. And it's just the real trick is I'm getting ready to put up drywall. So I'm trying to figure out what I want to put into the wall for the next owner. Because you see those skeletons, you know, that people put in there or something like that. But got to find something else. Maybe a... A deer skeleton, not a human skeleton, huh? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, and then you wouldn't have mold. You just had mice. Right. <laughs> or you a could be super one. cool and just uh, tack up a $100 bill. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. No, I don't I don't <laughs> think so, Mike. I'll tack up your $100 bill. <laughs> Wink. Sign it. All right. So, Jason, you've been doing, you've been doing quite a bit of shooting. You've, uh, I think, conquered some deer 
found a few. Well, hold on. What's the last one that we did? How far back are we going on this? Because Jason's done more than deer, right? But did we yeah, talk was, about that? Did I we talk gonna, about? I was going to get to all that. But... Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> I just want to make sure. I just need to know where to go, where to start. Yeah, no, I think uh, probably you need to start from our trip to Precision. And since then, there's been a, a lot happening since then. Yeah, after we got back from Precision, I was able to get out and do a little bit of shooting. Um, I honestly haven't been able to get out recently. It's just been tough. Um, got a lot of personal stuff going on, you know, kid getting ready for a mission, uh, new two new twin grandbabies on the way, all kinds of fun stuff that way. And, uh, you know, Christmas time coming and family parties and all that good stuff. So I'm, uh, I've, I'm not getting out as much as I'd like. Let's put it that way. I have... Um, it's all for good reasons and great things. Don't be wrong, but it's just uh, there's a there's a couple nice bucks that I have my eye on that I would really like to get after. And I know as of today, I've been seeing some things and hearing things that the rut is still going nuts. And it's probably that second that second rut for mule deer, um, and they're just going insane right now. So here I am stuck in Chicago and seeing all these great things and i can't even get home and even this weekend when i do get home i can't go out this weekend so that's that's kind of tough everybody can probably relate to that yeah let me ask you so the the bucks that you're hearing about is this a colorado or utah uh it's colorado actually it's both honestly um but none that neither one of them are close by so i heard or i saw on instagram one of our friends of the podcast harlan was talking about i don't know he was imagining a buck or he saw a buck and he was tight he typed something in there like uh something like oh it was the biggest thing and it had drop tines and it, did it did he put up a picture of it is that what or like a drawing of it I'm trying to remember was it on his what he did he actually post it like a photo or do you remember because i'm gonna go look at it right now because it's i remember i don't see i don't remember if it was like a draw i think it was like a hand drawing and he was like you would not believe the buck i saw today but he just puts enough oh yeah, you want me to read yeah. it? Oh, yeah. never mind, I can't read it. <laughs> so, I, I, I can. Score this one, beep. <laughs> Although, this is not a photograph, it's my best artist rendition of the monster I saw bounding into the dark timber today at daybreak. He seemed to be about 42 and 7 eighths inches wide, double droppers that almost seemed to touch the deep snow. One side had a branched cheater that looked like a hand with a couple missing fingers. I would put the mass at seven inches and chunky up to the tops. Looked as if he had double eye guards completely knobbied out. This guy's body was so big, I have to wonder if his rack appeared smaller than it really was. I'm sure all the haters will be like, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that left me questioning, is this a real buck or is this a dream that he had last night? But now with you saying, hey, there's a couple of bucks I want to go chase. Uh, I'm wondering if that's one of the bucks and it is a real thing. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it was, um, who knows with Harlan, he could be mis misdirecting people intentionally through truth, you know, <laughs> <laughs> never know with Harlan. Uh, no matter what, it was good. Cause it got me thinking and I thought it was a brilliant little yeah. description. Well, he, 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 you know, he's a, he's an, you know, he's a muley guy when you hear that description, cause it doesn't get much better than that. So, <laughs> right. Right. So, but you did make it out to the arsenal, right? Um, I did. Yeah, I did. Um, and it was okay. 
You know, it's like it's funny how this year seems to be kind of like the year of eh, for some of the stuff that I've been out <laughs> photographing. You know, hasn't been terrible, but it hasn't been amazing like it has been in the past. Um, and I just, you know, it's just the way things go. Things change, and uh, it's like it's another reminder to. Um, I'm gonna say. Never mind. I'll I'll save that for later. I have a pro tip on that. But so is that a title, a show title? The year of the year, eh. <laughs> for me, it is the year of. Eh. <laughs> How do you spell? Eh? Yeah, e h. Eh. <laughs> oh man, are you gonna get out? Like, say, Jane, after the holidays, are you gonna be able to go? Um, I'm so over the holidays. I've got some time off between Christmas and New Year's, and I think around that time I'll be able to get out and do something, whether it's sheep or um, if the moose are still packing. I doubt they will be by then, but if they are, might might make a run up there, or who knows? Even might even just go try to find some waterfowl somewhere else in another state or something, you know. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not going to not be able to get out and get after something, so. By then, my uh, I'll, I'll reach my limit of not being able to get out. Um, we all talk about how awesome um, wintertime winter shooting is, but yeah, yeah. But you have no, you can't complain at all because you brought all this on yourself. I did, and that's <laughs> pro tip number one is <laughs> no. This is pro tip number two from Ron. Right, that's right. Well, <laughs> well pro tip number one that's going to be aired. <laughs> oh no. Number one's going to get aired. I think something was aired. I think that was number two. <laughs> Technically, that was number two. So um, release the book November 1st, and then I have had uh, either a book signing or sale every weekend since then. And so that's prohibited me from getting out. But I, yeah, I will say it's definitely been worth it. And uh, it's it's been a great project. And to see that finally get in the hands of kids and just to see them glom onto it, yell at their friends to come over and look at this, look at that. You can't believe this stuff and see the excitement on their face. It's, it's definitely made the whole thing worthwhile. Um, my grandson, I basically did it for him and for my daughter because it's about wild moms. Uh, but he, you know, he won't be able to understand it for a while, but he already loves the pictures and, loves to go through it. So it's, uh, it's something for every age kid. And, and again, every adult that I've talked to that's read it with their kids has told me how much they learned. And it's, you know, there's not many pages, but there's a lot of information packed into those, you know, short pages and some awesome photos and some, yeah, some, some good photos. And so I, I'm, I'm excited. Obviously, if you look at my story on Instagram, it's almost every day, something different from, you know, somebody sends me something. So, Hey, and I've that's just a that. start, right? Yeah. I mean, we're, um, a month in now and sold a little over 600 copies. So that's, uh, it's been a great start. I need now some of those were sold discounted because they were to, you know, like the boys and girls club or a school, things like that. But, um, it's, it's definitely a good start. That's awesome. For having how many really did you, advertised anywhere. Sorry. How many, um, did you have printed up originally? 
3,000. Oh, 3,000. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's still awesome. That's pretty good. But what I meant was it's just the start of something. I just don't know if you've told anybody, so I didn't want to <laughs> put it out there if, if you haven't. As far as? Well, I guess we can cut it out if we need the I thought, series. I think we talked yeah. about the series already. Do yeah. we talk about the series? A little, uh, a little bit, yeah. So, you know, the first one was they wanted to do uh, the first one as Let Me Tell You Where I Live, which would be a habitat book, basically, and talk about the different ecosystems or, or, you know, around the planet. Um, but when I found out that I was going to be a grandfather, I decided the first one had to be, let me tell you about my mom, because it, that's been one that I've had in my head for a long time as well. And uh, to be able to take all these images and, and let's be honest, everybody likes the, the males and of antlered species at least. And so to give the, the females, give the, the moms a little bit of love in some images. I think that allowed me to use images I may not use elsewhere, um, but also to provide some learning opportunities for, for kids. I mean, how many adults even know that cow elk are really the ones that lead the show? They see the bulls in the fall and, you know, the bulls just peel off and, and go winter by themselves and the cows have to kind of get each other through the winter all that kind of stuff. So it's, it's a matriarchal herd, you know, just like a, a killer whale. They're, they're led by the cows. The bulls are there to, they're big and they'll fight and they're part of the pod, but the cows are the ones that really lead and call the shots. And so to be able to kind of relay some of that information, some of that biological information, behavioral information, I think was an opportunity that I was excited about. Now I'm really excited. Um, about the, uh, let me tell you where I live, because I'm going to be able to include some stuff from the Arctic. Uh, Jason and I are going this spring to Svalbard, Norway with 10 other folks. And then I'm also going to take a trip. I haven't even told anybody this except for the guy that I talked to, but I am going to take a trip with Scott Stone and we're going to go up and get after some muskox. I'm very excited about that one. Muskox are one of those species that, you know, they look like they're definitely from a different era and just a, a survivor from a different era. And I really want to photograph them in the, in the elements in the winter time. And, and then. Well, you're uh, doing that in the winter, not the spring. Yeah, I think, well, it'll be, it'll be spring here, but I think it's still winter up there. You're far enough North, you know, you're still, still in it. And then, uh, I'm going to be able to include some equatorial species as well um, from another trip that it looks like I'm going to be able to help lead. So I'm very excited about the coming year. And in spite of what I've missed this fall, next year is it's going to check a lot of boxes for sure. Whew. You're a busy dude. It's going to be insane for a while, but. It's okay. I don't. I don't want to do all this stuff when I'm too old to enjoy it. I, I want to do it now and live the life. If that's the case, why did you wait till now to do it? Well, <laughs> I had to wait till I had enough money. I'm least. teasing you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm. I would fully agree. There are times where I'm like, oh, why did I do that? 
why didn't I do this in my 30s? But well, reality is you're right. I mean, I I would say that about a lot of things too. But yeah, there's no way I could have. Yeah. There's no way I could have back then. So. Right. But. Different responsibilities then. Yep. So, no, it's been it's been good. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Got out and met a lot of people, and again, just to see the excitement on the kids' face when they pop that book open and get into it has been fantastic. This is a great Christmas gift for your grandkids or your children, by the way. So you really ought to get a hold of Mr. Ron if you'd like a copy. Yeah, and you're going to have to get a hold of me because I've tried <laughs> to get a landing page done and I, I can't get a hold of anybody at Squarespace to either get my $276 back or get that page working. <laughs> so, 33 cents. <laughs> I don't know how many cents, but I do know it's two seventy six. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm gonna. <clears throat> I didn't get a chance to do it today, but I'm gonna dig into it for you. I appreciate it. But yeah, no complaints here, other than I still would rather be out looking at wildlife. So that's just a whine. That's not a necessarily a complaint. Life is good. So about you guys, you've been, I guess we kind of touched on it, but you've been after certain type of image, maybe you and Brandon, Mike. Mm. I guess I'm not tracking Brandon. You fill, you fill in the blanks. Yeah. Mike and I have been setting up cameras and trying oh. to scout for a mountain lion. <laughs> We, let's see, how many weeks are we into this? Six weeks? Is it that much? I don't know. Four, Definitely three or four weeks. But let's see. So we got four trail cameras up there, right? And we have three GoPros running a system that you can install from GoPro Labs. And then you scan a QR code and it turns it into a trail cam. And so we have three GoPros running that. And we've actually... We just got done building battery boxes that power, they're just car batteries, so automotive batteries. They're marine-grade batteries, actually. And then we wired them up to USB ports, and then we plug the GoPros into it. But maybe you can touch on the latest debacle with the ports, Michael, since you were just up there and you, you caught it. Man, I'll tell you what. So this starts out pretty innocently, right? And if you guys listen to the last podcast, which is the trivia podcast, you hear Ron talking about a $100 trail cam. And we've got those running. But then you go into the GoPro and now you got to deal with batteries, right? Because if you run the GoPro battery, it's about an hour. So you're not going to get much with that, especially if you're trying to do the trail cam or camera trap thing. So then, as Brandon said, we built these boxes. And I'm thinking, oh, that's no big deal. You know, it'll take 50 bucks and we'll be set. Well, that's not the case if you have to buy the battery and then you have to buy the ports and then you have to wire it all up yourself. So you better get a spool of wire and then you better buy some wire cutters and some crimpers and then you better buy all the connectors and then, oh, we should put an on off switch on it. Oh, and then we should put it in a marine grade container, right? So that it's protected from the weather. So like $250 after or into one battery box. We thought, okay, well, we'll have four battery boxes total and we'll run two on the mountain and two that can be charging. And then every week we'll flip them. Well, 
we got this bright idea. We have two USB ports on it. And so we thought we've got a pretty good trail where we should be able to get some outlines going up and down. So we thought we'd put one camera going right, one camera going left, and we'd get a, a coming and going image, right? So we plugged them into the, to the camera. And the first time we went up and checked it, only one camera had recorded stuff. No mountain lions. We got a deer. We got some deer on it. And we got, and it had, it had snowed. So we were getting a lot of snow falling. Every time a clump of snow would fall off the branches, it would record that. So it did a lot of recording, not what we wanted, but it was recording. Only one of the cameras worked. And we got one going right, one going left, and we got them plugged into the battery. So I'm like, well, it just must have been a, a snafu in that one camera. We must have forgot something or some little electrical bug of some sort. So we hooked it all up again, put a new battery in took the old battery back to bring it charged or to, to charge it. And then I went up this week, Brandon had a photo shoot that he had to go do. So I went up and changed the batteries. Only this time the other camera worked. The one that didn't work previously was working, but the other camera didn't work. So then I got to looking at the USB ports that we have and there's three amp USB ports. Well, it takes six amps to charge this battery. So I think what's happening is, the first one we plugged in, the first one we plug in gets all the juice and then the other one doesn't get anything at all. So now it turns out we better, for every GoPro, we're going to have to have one car battery. So what thought, what I thought was going to be like, oh, this might be a couple, <laughs> couple hundred bucks, not including the GoPros is quickly turning into, you figure if you include the price of the GoPro and the price of the battery, the box and all that jazz. We're probably what six or seven hundred dollars into each camera trap. But the footage is pretty. I mean, it's <laughs> it's good looking footage compared to like <laughs> compared to like a trail camera. You know, it's better quality footage, so that's good. So we want that. And ultimately, our goal is we have two Cognizus camera traps, a real legitimate camera trap for a DSLR. But I just don't want to set those up. If we're not shooting anything, we're trying to identify the spots and then we're going to go set that up. So, uh, it's just turning into a, it's actually kind of fun, you know, because it's, it, I didn't think we were going to get the answers right away. So it's going to take us all winter. I'll guarantee it's going to take all winter. And that first cat that we do get on camera, whatever, whether it's a trail camera or, or a GoPro or even the Cognizance, it's going to be pretty amazing and pretty fun, but it's going to take a while to, you know, we're somewhat limited. We're doing this on private property, right? Cause we want to, there's so many cameras out there to lock them all up. I mean, it's just like leaving tons of stuff in the woods that you wouldn't want to do in a public area. So that's the cool thing is we got kind of a secure area, but we're probably not in the best habitat possible. There's definitely cats that go through here, but it's probably not like we're way up on top of a ridge. And I think in the wintertime, you might be better off being down in the bottoms just because that's where the deer are at. But that's total guess. There's, we see deer up there every day too. So, or every time we go up there, we see deer. So there's deer there. So who knows? Well, and it's exciting. A camera, any, for anyone that's camera trapped, there's that excitement when you open up the camera trap or you get that text message that you got something. The GoPros is next level because you only got three or four days and you're going through each one of these and you're trying to look and know oh, what was it. And we were walking in there and we'd seen some footprints, but it's 
the snow had started to melt, so they'd gotten a lot wider and you couldn't see if there was uh, toenails or anything like that. And you psych yourself up and we're like, oh my gosh, this is a, this, these are predator tracks. Is it a mountain lion? You get all excited. And it was a dog. Yeah, there was a, and it was a great big dog. It was like a monster dog, like a great Dane or something. We had it on camera. So yeah, it's kind of a bummer. We'll see. I we're guaranteed we're going to get some cats, but it's going to take a while. So we, you know, we talk about this stuff all the time, but again, it's, I heard a lot of, uh, you know, what, what I heard from that whole conversation was that we learned a lot. You guys learned a lot, right? I mean, I'm just trying to make that point. I, the, none of it was for waste or for not. It was all trying things, learning things. And like you said, I mean, there's there's lots of trail cameras out there. And if you probably spent two or $300 on a trail camera, you probably could get similar footage potentially to the, to the you know, 4K um, quality uh, video that you're getting off the GoPro maybe. But the cool thing is, is you learn something new and how to make the GoPros work. So, I mean, I, I, I just think it's cool every time you do something like that. And it, Mike, especially you, when you're doing your shoots, you talk about it all the time about having to be creative and having to troubleshoot. And to me, that is a really cool part of the whole process that, you know, me doing my photos, I don't, I don't get that experience as much as you guys do with your, uh, with your videography stuff and trying to capture specific uh, videos and shots. So anyways. No, that's a really good point, Jason, and that's exactly it. And when I met Brandon for the first time, I could tell he was this techie guy, right? I could tell he was like into gadgets like I am and into into that stuff. So when he said he'd love to work on a project like this, it was kind of cool because it, it it does help too when you have somebody else. And he knows a lot more about the electrical part than I do. I mean, you can kind of figure it out, but there's a lot of things that I don't know. But you know, team and teamwork and going back and forth. And then even when we're choosing locations, just when we were talking about or talking to Casey on the last uh, couple of podcasts, you know, that guy's been doing it for so long and he's got so much experience. And and we go up there and we're like, "Ah, what do you think about this spot? Or what do you think about this spot? And I mean, who knows? I mean, there's a million, we talked to Casey on that last one. He said, uh, what did he tell us? Look underneath with the rocks, scrapes, scrapes over, over like games. alcoves. Right. Yeah. So now I'm going back through my mind in all these places we walk and look and I'm like, ah, oh, maybe we should try it there. I mean, you could deploy 40 cameras pretty easily just <laughs> setting up all your different spots. Right. Yeah. But even that's the fun part, right? I mean, you spend enough time tracking cats or trying to find where they're at, you know, and like you said, it's Casey gave some drop some really cool hints to, to you guys that he's learned over years, years of trying to figure him out, right? That without those little hints would have taken you probably the same amount of time to f- kind of figure out, you know? So, but exactly. it might give you a little bit of a head start, but it still doesn't make it easy, you know? So, <laughs> but it, like you said, it's 100% fun. I mean, yeah, every day we usually hit out, head out on Mondays to change the batteries. And I'm always looking forward to Mondays just cause you, it's like Christmas when you open up the camera for one, mm-hmm. And then for two, it's just, it's constantly a battle. It's a, it's a, not a battle. It's a, it's like playing a game of uh, trivia. You want to get the next answer. You want to, you know, get it. So what were you going to say, Brandon? I was just going to say for the listeners, if you're going to deploy one of these boxes, just be really careful and make sure you understand where the limits are within that box. Make sure you have fuses in the right place. And those fuses are set up to trigger 
because you don't want to burn down a forest. The consequences are the spectrum of consequences much higher on that top side, right? You don't want to, we're on private property. So we'd get the forest and someone's property and someone's house most likely. So just make sure that you understand what you're deploying out there. Yeah. I think we'll do a video, a YouTube video on how to build these boxes. It's not rocket science, but there is like when I first built it, I didn't put a fuse in line, but I'd seen the box that Brandon had built first, which we had already deployed out there, but I looked inside of it and he had a fuse in there. And so I called him on the phone. I was like, Hey, do you think I should put a fuse in there? He's like, ah, it's a lot cheaper than a forest. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's really pretty easy to put the fuse into, but we'll do a whole video on it just so you can kind of see, because it's not that difficult, but it is a little bit more spendy than I thought. You know, you just don't think about all the, the little things, but I was able to get the battery from Walmart. So it's not like you're going to some specialty store. It's just a, a Walmart or a Walmart car battery or Marine battery. Good stuff. I've got a spot up here that I think if I start getting, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and deploy those trail cams. And if I get what I think I'm going to get, I, I'm definitely going to have to, I'm going to have to break down and buy a Cognosis system. And I've got the... Well, no, if you get your cats before we get any cats here, then we'll just... Brandon and I'll throw them in the truck and we'll just drive up there. Oh, and sure. Come up we'll come out and, and set them up. My thunder. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, well, yeah. And we got a deal for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just trying to save you the $3,000 of buying the day. Yeah, no. Cognosis. Yeah, trap. I was going to say it. There's definitely cats here. It's just a matter of finding where they're traveling. So what you need yeah. is a den. Yeah, that that's what we've got. It's there's two kittens or ranchers seen them. So and or a carcass, a kill. Or a den with a carcass. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of I mean, you guys brought up what one of my pro tips was gonna be. And that's just trying something new. So you're, we're kind of moving into that. For some people, it's the off season after, after the ruts, but then you've got, you know, you've got a lot more waterfowl moving into our States, you know, the Rocky mountain States coming South. Um, so a lot more opportunities that way, but there are still opportunities to get out and, and to be able to, well, to create opportunities for yourself, basically, or give yourself some options during those off times and just try something new. And camera trapping is definitely new to me. It's, uh, you know, I've, I've run trail cameras for a long time, but usually it's to find where I'm going to go sit in a blind with the intent of putting the camera trap in place and, and being able to film different behaviors or different species. I think that is definitely the way of the future, in my opinion, is just a way to distinguish yourself. So get out, whatever it is, try something new this winter. I love your pro tips. You're all, your pro tips are always like so thoughtful and like you dig deep and you know, mine is a pair of pliers. <laughs> <laughs> that, was a, that was a really good pro tip. And along the lines of the camera traps, there is another thing. And we might have talked about it in the pro tip for other past episodes. But if if you don't want to try the camera trap thing, 
And Jason was pointing out, out a shot last night of some sage grouse that somebody took with the camera trap. Um, but I got to thinking about that shot and I was like, you know what? This cam ranger would probably be the perfect tool for that because you could sit, you know, hundred yards, well, no, probably 50 yards away and still run your camera, but you're basically running it remotely. So you could set your camera out there and you can see what it's at, what it's seeing, which is kind of cool, but just as a little add on, just something to throw on there. But if you don't want to mess around with the camera trapping, you might look into that cam ranger because you can run it with your phone and it's just a little, and it's not perfected. It's not like perfect, but I've got it to work on several sheets. So, all right, who's up? I'll, I'll go. And it's going to tie into what I was talking about a little bit earlier is, uh, and it's every time I, every time I go out and have a situation like this, I always am reminded of this and it's really just to, Try to do everything you can to take advantage of the good situations you come across as much as possible while while they're there, because everything changes. And it, it, the one thing that's constant is change for sure. And you know we learned that about some of the places we've talked about with Rocky Mountain Arsenal, other places too. And when you come across a scenario where you've got a, a unique animal or a just a whatever it is, a, a great place to shoot. Um, you know, a couple things I'm going to reiterate. I mentioned this previously. I'm going to rebring it up again. Um, maybe don't share it right away um, on social media. <laughs> Keep it to yourself for a while. You know, I'm just saying. Um, and then, you know, also just take advantage of it as much as possible because it won't last forever. So, but I mean, don't share it on your main feed. But if you'd like to send us a DM, let us know where we can find. <laughs> <laughs> said opportunity please feel free <laughs> hey can i just add on to that one because i learned a long a lesson like that a long time ago i was shooting a pack of wolves that brought down a moose and it was three days and i didn't want to leave and i wouldn't you know you, you'd have to leave at night right because you it just got dark and you couldn't shoot anything and this was a big event because it took them a while to bring down that moose. And so the wolves were there, there were bears coming through, there was just all kinds of stuff. But when it actually, when the wolves did bring down the moose, then it was just constant activity too. And I remember some people that I was shooting with, they'd be, they'd go back to the truck and sit down and they're like, oh, I got enough images. But I'm like, you can never, ever have enough images. You just, if there's any chance, or if all the wolves are gone for a minute, you know, they would just take a break. I just, you just can't do it. You just got to always stick after it because you never know when that situation's ever going to happen again. Yep. That's a great point. Yeah, that's a great add-on. There's so many examples of it where that's bit me in the butt. So you'd think adventure I'd learn. Hopefully I have finally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that was quite a few years ago and I've never seen it again. So yeah, just keep shooting. And that change, you're right. The only thing you can count on is change. Yep. And the year of, eh. Yeah, the year of, eh. <laughs> yeah. So a guy that's been on the podcast before, Scott Keys, he does some kind of comic type uh, reels on his Instagram. And they're they're good fun. They're all in fun. But he's he's a bird guy. And... So big game, a lot of these big game images and opportunities are kind of foreign to him. And 
one of his videos. It's, I guess I might be letting the cat out of the bag, but you gotta, gotta go check it out. One of them is, uh, he's talking about photographing elk and he says, so what do we do now that we've got some pictures of that elk? <laughs> take, take more, take more <laughs> images. <of> that elk. <laughs> so yeah, I, I agree. You can never have too many. And my, my reply to him was, yeah, I mean, 15,000 photographers and 2.5 million images of the same bull in Rocky mountain national park. Can't be wrong. Right. You know, <laughs> you know, you've got the animal. <laughs> You're in the right spot, <laughs> but no, it's uh it's a different world for some people because birds, it's hard to distinguish individuals. It's you've got species. But if you get the right individual camp as long as you can return as often as you can. One of the chapters in that book is uh, about bobcats. And that was an opportunity that I've talked about before. I had it for three weeks. I was, you know, a friend of mine called me, Ryan Ostrander. He, he gave me a call and said, Hey, you got to get out here. There's family of bobcats playing on the train. And I went out there and then, I wasn't going to let that go. I went out there every morning and every evening for three weeks and worked in between, but I, I photographed them as long as I possibly could until they just moved on and, and I didn't, I couldn't get them relocated. So if you've got it, stay with it. That was a good one. Yep. That was a really good one. And I'm going to talk about pliers. You guys hold on. (laughs) (laughs) I don't believe it. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead, Brendan. Well, I'm going to talk about gear too. Uh, Let's see. So on with video in mind, everyone's trying to capture reels, but I've noticed that a lot of people are photographers. When we were down in Texas, a lot of people were photographers first, and then they try to capture those videos for reels. I thought it would be useful for people to think about, everyone has those memory settings on the dials and the top of their cameras and everyone wants to shoot manual or aperture priority. But if you set those up so that your first memory is 4k 24, your second memory is 4k 60 or 1080 60, whatever you have. And then you can put the memory three as your slow-mo for 120. Then you can easily switch over to memory one or two or three, whatever you want to do, get your reel, go back to memory and go back to your manual and then you can go back to photographing on the Sony's. If you switch from the memory back to your manual, it'll retain your settings that you left it with. And I'm sure Canon's the same way, but that allows you to quickly move from photographing to a reel back to photographing You can get your content and go back to doing what you like. That's a good one. I've not set up my cameras to do that. Killing me. Mike. What? <laughs> it's that's super easy. He has, that's because he has a dedicated video set up already. Right. He's not like the the rest of us hybrid guys. True. Yeah, but I, there's some times where you'd want to do it, and I've just never taken the time to figure it out. Maybe when I'm with you, one of you guys next time, you could show me how you set it all up. Yeah, super easy. I'd ask Brandon, but he's a Sony guy. <laughs> I need the Canon guys. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you did. And we'll work you out of it one day. (laughs) Well, I see you fixed your lens hood. (laughs) 
Yeah. So that you can't bring that up though. That's for later. <laughs> he just planted a seed. <laughs> just planted a seed. That's all. Just let it grow. All right. So I'll go next. Um, people ask me all the time, like they want me to critique pictures or they want to ask, what do you think of this image? Or, and they're always pretty good. And you know, I always have things to talk about, but one of the best pieces of advice that I give people is I get all kinds of inspiration from Instagram. You know, I use it a lot. I look at other pictures and I'm like, man, that was a really cool image or whatever. But I find myself getting more out of books. So anytime I see a really cool coffee table book, and since books aren't really in vogue as far as big coffee table books like they used to be, you know, remember before Instagram, you'd have these really beautiful, big coffee table books, but you just don't see them much. They're still out there and you can still buy them. But I was doing a photo shoot in a, it was a, a, a store called Public Lands. It's actually just like an REI, only it's a different branded store. And I was shooting for them and I was shooting off hours. So I just had the run of the store to, to get all the images that I needed to get. And I saw this as an exhibit piece on one of their exhibits, but it's a book called Expeditions Unpacked. And what they do is they go through all these really massive, like Nat Geo style expeditions, and they show you all the gear that it took and who the person was that did it. And you just read all these stories, which for me gives me tons of ideas for image capture it's the images, but it's also the stories within that, that just help me just try something new or think about something different or just give you that little extra, you know, like a uh, quest kind of thing. So that's my tip is see if you can't find stuff like this. And I just happened across it. As soon as I saw it, I jumped on Amazon and I think this big old book, which probably sold for, well, it doesn't say. But I got this hardback book and what, I don't know, this thing's what, 12 inches by 12 inches? It was $13 on Amazon. So it's like, a, and I love having these great big books in my library just to, re, you know, go back to whenever I have time. That brings me to another part B pro tip. Well, I guess Ron's next. And no, this was, was just add on. <laughs> This is just to add on. <laughs> If you find a book like that that you that you like and and you know the individual, buy it from them individually, because Amazon they might get about twenty five cents. Oh, that's that's a fact. Versus purchasing from the author themselves, and and then you have a chance to get a, a signed copy if you want. But that does provide for future projects. So, yeah. no, you're hundred percent right. And on this book, it's super old. That's why I had to go yeah. find it. Um, I would like to see if that, I could. That find wasn't a, a knock on you, don't. Uh... No, but I no, I I am all for supporting the the authors because if you can, I mean, if I had to pay twenty five or forty bucks for this book, it'd be no big deal. I just didn't think I'd be able to find it, like walking into a bookstore. Yeah, right. probably not. But I love having these books. Yeah, those are cool. Okay, Jason, you're up. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> <laughs> Open your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so, so my next one is one that's uh, it's kind of one of those we've talked about it a little bit before, but not like specifically as a pro tip. And it's become something that I've been doing more and more of. 
and I'm really starting to notice the benefits of it. And it's, it's uh, helped me a ton with my editing and getting colors and things that like that, right. But what I've started to do is, um, I'll edit a, a series of photos or whatever, if, you know, I'll spend a couple hours editing or whatever. And then before I do any final editing, I walk away and I stop for the night or whatever. I come back the next day and I sit down and I look at those edits again. And then right away, I'll either say, yep, I got it or what was I thinking? That was way off. I need to address this. I need to touch this up, whatever it is. And it's crazy to me how your eyes just adjust to um, the colors you're seeing in that. And I'll give you a good, a good quick example. Um, some of the, you know, dealing with raw files, right? When you go from that flat, colorless raw file to a fairly saturated, what you think is a fairly saturated, you know, edited file. And that looks pretty extreme because you go from that really flat raw file to a fairly saturated, what looks fairly saturated. But almost, I mean, nine times out of 10 lately, I'll come back and say, it's not colorful enough. I haven't added enough color. I haven't saturated enough or whatever it might be. And I think it's just because of that difference that your eye sees, right? So that's just one example of a lot of what I've been finding out is coming back and looking at those again. I might, you know, and that's helping me with my initial edits being, hey, saturate it more than you think and then still come back. And if you've done too much, you can always back it off a little bit. But it's amazing to me how much your eyes will adjust to whatever you're doing at the time. And you start to kind of just see, I don't know how to, I don't know how to put this into words, but you just kind of see the same thing and, and, you're, and you're not seeing um, what, what you're wanting or hoping to see. You're seeing things that you think are okay, but they're just really not turning out the way you'd really want them to. So that walking away thing, even if it's come back later that day or whatever, for me, I've tried to just do it where I just give my mind a complete break and come back the next day before I finalize the edit. And then, and then when I, once I'm good with it, it's quick to finalize the edit and do my, you know, do the rest of my flow. But that's helped me a ton as of late. So I'm going to use that as one of my pro tips. That's a good one. Too. I love it. Been doing a lot more of that as well. And even if you don't walk away intentionally, when you come back, make sure you take a look at it again. I'm not moving anything into my selects till I've seen it after the fact, because right. it, you're absolutely right. And I think you're spot on as far as the eyes adjusting. You do get used to what you're looking at and, and your eyes make adjustments. I mean, for those of us that are glasses wearers, take your glasses off and eventually you're going to start seeing it's not going to be so fuzzy anymore because your eyes make those adjustments. It's the same with color and yeah. light. Well, and I got to say that I do the same thing with video. If I'm doing an edit, and it, you get to a point where it's like, this is never going to work. If I walk away and try it again the next day, you always find a way to make it work. But it just takes that just stepping away and just thinking about it. And, you know, you get all uptight with the editing because you're like, oh, I got to finish this project. Whether it's a mo music montage with just pretty wildlife or I'm actually trying to tell a story for a client, I'm always frustrated the first couple of go rounds. But if I walk away and give it three or four or five hours or overnight, I always find that that answer. Yeah, I would I would I would be interested to hear like the psychology behind some of that. I'm sure there's some things that just it's the way our minds work, it's the way our brains work, whatever, but you kind of get those in the moment creative blocks, whether it's color, light or whatever, or at you know, the, a way to edit something. Whatever it is, I really think there's something to it. So it's a I used to just push through it before and I've learned to nope 
just walk away and let your mind rest and come back. So. Yeah. Psychology and physiology. Yeah. It would be, it would be interesting to have somebody on that could explain that. Yeah. Wisdom. (laughs) (laughs) Wisdom. Yeah. How do you gain wisdom? Screwing up a lot. Screwing up a lot. (laughs) 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 Absolutely. All right, Brandon. Mike and I just got back from Texas and my passport was expired and it happened during COVID. So for everyone that wants to travel next year, go look in your safe or your drawer, wherever you keep your passport, go look at your expiration date. And even if it's off in the future, take that date and go put it in the calendar with a reminder to renew it three months earlier before that. And then that way you can go out, you can renew it before it expires and you don't have to deal with what I'm dealing with right now. It's my cheap pro tip. For but how did you get home? If you Well, we were just, <laughs> luckily we were Texas. <laughs> Randomly checked. And... You know, when I travel, I constantly, I, I don't use my driver's license. I use my uh, passport because it seemed to be faster. You know, I was traveling so much there and for some reason, the computer wouldn't pick up a driver's license as fast as it pick up my passport. So I've always just had this habit of using my passport when I travel, even in you know within the U.S. So I pulled it out, and that's when Brandon was like, "Oh, I think my passport is expired," <laughs> and that's I think what got him thinking about it because <laughs> it is good to keep on, you know, especially in our line of work. You never know when somebody's going to say, "Oh, hey, could you go to Canada or you know Mexico or wherever." And if you don't have a passport, it's something that you, most of the time, you can't get very fast. I mean, I think you can pay a fee and expedite it, but even, you know, if you get a last minute call, like I often do, you know, if it's within a week, you're not, it's not going to happen. You guys can, you can just go down to the office and walk it through. We got to drive to Denver and then do the same thing. Can you do that? If we want to expedite it, you can, yeah, you can go walk it through, but it's not a fun place to be no matter what. It's so not advisable. The moral of the story is leave yourself a note. And if you don't know how to leave yourself a note, have Brandon do it. He'll send it to you. <laughs> if anyone wants help, you can send me a note. No, you just got to share your calendar with Brandon. <laughs> no, don't do that. No, yeah. Don't do that. Cause that's a whole nother level of how do I share it? <laughs> Everyone. If you need his phone number, just let me know. Well, I'll it goes both ways. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I can't help anybody. <laughs> Mike. Oh, geez. I had a really good one. Good feelings. All right. Gone. I'm going to go to the pliers. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm oftentimes going out and setting up all kinds of different camera equipment like we've alluded to in the show earlier. And I ended up always just like using just random stuff or you dig through a pickup and you might find a little pair of pliers or you might find an old screwdriver or something and it never was the perfect tool so if you guys watch youtube at all there's a big thing that they call edc everyday carry and everybody's got a million different ways for everyday carry it could be like what you just carry in your pockets it could be like this is what i take to go golfing this is what i take when i go doing my handyman stuff but it's this bag that has everything you need for that particular thing whatever it is So I thought, you know, it'd be cool to have an everyday carry for my camera system. And 
if I'm going to go on a shoot, I just grab this bag every time. So if you're not watching this on YouTube, it's going to be kind of hard to see in it, but I'll put some pictures in the show notes. But what I did is I just started with the bag, which is very common. If you're looking on YouTube, you see a lot of these guys that will have their bags, the whatever. But I found one of those bags that they're using. And then I just put together a bag that has pliers and tools and flashlights and uh, zip ties and Allen wrenches. Because all these cameras that I'm building always require different Allen wrenches. But you can also go with like uh, the red tool, which is made for the red cameras. But there's also another one that's the... Uh, small rig makes one which is not as big as the red tool but it's got most every tool that you need and some of the little star wrenches and then on the back side of it it opens up in a couple of different places here but it um i threw in stuff like gaffer's tape i got a head net in here i got a little bandana in here i got some uh, velcro ties i got some scotch bright if i need to wipe off you know tape residue or whatever clean your lens i get a little Clean, yeah, clean your lens. <laughs> Add the bokeh. Yeah. <laughs> I got this little, uh, I used to shoot for these guys, but it was called the uh, SOL. And this is just a little, uh, like, uh, survival kit. And it's kind of, it's kind of cheesy, but it's also kind of cool. You know, it's just this little, like, suitcase thing, but it's got a little mirror inside it. So if you're lost, you can do your little, uh, what do they call it? Uh, signaling. Reflector signaling. signaling. It's got fire starter. It's got a can opener. It's got just everything you would find in any typical little survival kit. But I just throw it in here because who knows, you know, a lot of times I'm on a, fo a bush plane or something somewhere. And if something did happen, at least I'd have some way to start a fire and that sort of stuff. But it's something I put in this little bitty bag and I always have it with me. So it's kind of a cool little thing. It's kind of dorky to nerdy not dirt dorky it's kind of like it's the always prepared guy and i feel like that's what i am with this but it's paid off it's really definitely paid off to have it so that would be my oh i got some other stuff in here oh i so got a maybe pocket knife inventory list at the beginning to let you know what you have in there you know what we should do is we should do an inventory list and then we actually have an affiliates link with amazon so then we'll put all the little links and if y'all go buy something then we might get five cents <laughs> right off of that link <laughs> but yeah super cool little bag kind of ha handy to have hey ron i think you're muted well that's good because i was gonna interrupt you <laughs> <laughs> i was just gonna say yeah eventually we'll be able to grab a couple cups of coffee uh through those affiliate links and we would greatly appreciate it yeah, we could have used that down in Austin because those coffees were pretty expensive. They were not cheap. All right. So the next one is a three-parter. Whoa. Yeah, I'm I'm tripling down, but it, it's all related to the same thing, sort of, loosely. Uh, first thing is while you're driving around in the wintertime, keep your stinking heaters off. And then you're gonna you're gonna have a lot less problems with your images. So you want to keep the camera as close to ambient outside temperature as you can in the winter time. We talk about that a lot with the heat shimmer issue. So I I travel with my heater off. You know, cleaning the windshield that may be a problem if you're fogging up. Obviously, you're gonna have to have some defrost. 
but I keep the camera in back away from the heater, uh, away from the defrost and try to keep it as close to the same temperature as the outside as I can. We're dressed warm. You're dressed warm inside your vehicle. So, you know, just deal with it. Second thing is your lens hoods. Don't be afraid. And we've touched on it. I think last time Jason touched on it, actually. Um, don't be afraid to pop your lens hood off if you're starting to see some soft images because they do, it does hold heat. It's, you know, typically they're, you know, some of the newer ones are even carbon fiber. And so it holds some heat inside there. Take it off until that lens hood cools off. And then you can go ahead and put it back on. Last part is make sure that your lens hood is on securely. And this part, part C, is brought to you by Eric Youngblood, who's probably listening to this podcast. Eric, thank you very much. Could have saved <laughs> me some major issues. Eric identified in the background of my image here. You'll see my R5 and the 200 to 400. And uh, he sent Mike a text and said that, you know, Ron's lens hood being crooked is making me nervous. And <laughs> I, I didn't believe it. And then I turned around and sure enough, it, it could have turned into the leaning tower of pieces at any moment because <laughs> the, uh, the lens hood was, it was secure, but it was on crooked and there was a little cant to it. It had a little elbow where there shouldn't have been one. It should have been a straight joint and it, it turned into an elbow. And so thank you, Eric. Appreciate it. But make sure when you do apply your lens hood that that puppy's on there securely and straight. That is part yeah. three. I was cracking up when I got that text. He's like, this, this, uh, this lens is making me a little nervous. <laughs> <laughs> and he proceeds to draw a little line next to your lens and shows it's leaning. <laughs> yeah, it definitely was. I hadn't, I hadn't even noticed. I'd looked at it. I don't know how many times. And then as soon as you said that and I turn around, I'm like, oops, hmm. sure is. Eric is laid up with some, uh, he had some foot surgery. So I know he consumes every one of our podcasts on YouTube because he can just sit there with his leg up and watch the videos. So um, I'm sure it was on a big screen and it, you know, on this little bitty screen that I'm looking at of your thing, I don't think, I, well, I didn't notice it. But I think when it got up on a big screen, he's like, uh oh, yeah, no, thanks, Eric. Appreciate it. I'm sorry that you're laid up and I hope you get well fast, but I am thankful that you had the time <laughs> to, uh, to recognize that potential issue. It didn't seem to be making you too nervous. <laughs> uh, is what it is. I've got insurance. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's, it's been there for probably three weeks because. I haven't been able to get out at all, so it hadn't fallen over yet, hmm. but it certainly could have. All right. Who's up? Jason. I'll go. So my last one is one I've, I've used. This will be the third time I've used it, but it's like just a, the right time of year and a good reminder to uh, don't forget about your photo album for the year. Um, I've actually had quite a few people reach out to me and they've started to do that very thing. And I'm hearing other folks doing the same thing. So it's cool to hear that people are kind of taking that opportunity to, to do that. And I just, it was awesome. I just actually had an opportunity. I was redoing some stuff in my office and had uh, pulled them out and I hadn't looked at them for quite a while. 
And I went back and looked through all of them that I had. I have five of them at this point. And uh, it was really cool. It was really cool to see the transition in that first album compared to the most recent one and the progression that I felt like I was seeing in my images and um, the quality difference and so on. Um, and I'll be honest, I didn't, I didn't do it last year, so I've got to catch up. So this year, my goal is to get last year's done as well as do one for this year. So I've got a lot of work to do over the holidays too. So, um, but anyways, it's a great time of year to kind of just wrap up and, you know, get some of your favorite images that you took and favorite experiences you had in print. Um, so you can always refer back to those and enjoy those and, it's something I'm going to start doing. Uh, my mom, she's my biggest fan. Mike talks about it all the time. My mom's my biggest fan too. She, she thinks I'm the world's most amazing photographer, obviously. Um, and boy, is she wrong. But anyways, she, she, she uh, feeds my ego quite a bit and she just tells me that's what she'd like. And so from now on, I'm just going to start making two of those and making sure my mom gets one for Christmas every year. But. And by album, you don't mean, it can be a many things, right? You could do prints and just put them in a plastic sleeves or you actually go as far as doing a book, right? Yep. Yeah. I do the books and it depends, you know, there's a lot of options out there. You can, you can spend anywhere from 50 to 70 bucks up to a couple 300 bucks, depending on how crazy you go and what kind of cover you get and all how many pages and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, I, I tend to spend right around a hundred to $150, um, doing my book. Um, so, you know, it's not, it's not crazy, but I like to have it like actually printed on good, thick, heavy duty paper, um, with good quality photo paper. Um, it really just makes those images pop more. And it's always fun to see your images in print, even if it's just in a smaller book. So, and we don't do enough of that. Honestly, I don't believe you know, how many of our photos just end up on an Instagram page or a Facebook page somewhere or sitting in your computer files and you never have to ever look at it again. Yep. Right. So, yeah, I think it's, cool to print those and see them in print and, and it really does make a difference um helps you kind of understand are you making progress or not maybe you know i'll find out i got some work to do to try to make another little bit of progress after i get these next the last couple of years printed up but that's my pro tip my last one cool that's a good one well let's see oh i guess you're All gonna right. go i guess i'm gonna go I'm take a page on jason go. loftus book <laughs> I mean, if listen, Mike, Ron, you want to talk about more pliers, the, the, the host tonight, Brandon, you slow your <laughs> roll, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> it was that weird moment. We locked eyes. No one was talking. I was like, I got awkward. Whoa. Let's uh, <laughs> definitely slow your roll on that one. Batman. <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, thank you. I'll shut up now. <laughs> oh. Well, I'm I'm in the cleaning phase of my life right now with the bathroom and the bedroom. We're sleeping in the guest room. And as you can see, my studio is a mess right now. But I was going through paperwork and I'm a PPA member, the Professional Photographers of America uh, member. And I was cleaning paperwork out and I noticed that there were some services in there that were free to me. And I... I paid this fee to be a member and then I just don't use it. And Mike and I talked about what's the, the group you're part of Mike. ASMP. Okay. So there's, there's a few of these groups out there and I'm sure there's some benefits to that group, right, Mike? Oh yeah. So if my tip is this, if you're part of that group, go look at the benefits and there's probably something that you're 
not taken advantage of. And that's not to just include these PPA. I mean, there's stuff everywhere that I have subscriptions to, but specifically to the PPA, there's insurance that you can get out there. There's classes out there. There's instruction. They're getting ready to have a conference. So there's a lot of things that you can take advantage of. I wasn't doing that. I'm going to try to do better. Um, but just go look and, and see what you got there. With the ASMP, mine actually includes a special rate for renting cars from Avis. Mm. There's a lot of little things like that where you get a special deal if you're a member of this organization. And they wouldn't cut that deal. And it's not like you're going to save hundreds of dollars. It's it's per, small percentages. But every little bit helps, right? Yep. And, and then I actually that- used to go to the meetings, you know, like the ASMP meetings. And, man, I did some really good networking there. And there's a lot of like-minded people. And it's just fun. You know, and they're not wildlife people. They're just photographers. But there's some and wildlife it's great. people. Yeah, there's some wildlife people. but mm-hmm. And now there might be more with the merging of those mm-hmm. two organizations. But it was just a good way to just to talk cameras or just talk networking or just talk, you know, um, workflows, all kinds of stuff that you're going to benefit from. Awesome. Yeah, the ASMP is, for those of you that don't know, uh, the organization just merged with NAMPA or NAMPA merged with ASMP. And so there are additional benefits. Um, it, it's an improvement actually in benefits from what you had with the NAMPA membership for those of you that had that. Mike, was that yours? Or was that just no. a piggyback? That was just a piggyback. Okay. I can't shut up. All right, go. But my, my last one is uh, kind of along the lines of workflow. Um, over the Black Friday, I've been looking at these NAS drives, the network attached storage drives for a couple of years. But it's it's not cut and dried. It's a ton of storage. Well, you can make it whatever you want. You can get different bays. But I decided to pull the p- trigger on Black Friday. So I bought a NAS drive, and I bought a huge one just because with video, I just chew up the, the terabytes. And my problem was is I will have... Well, you all have been here. You've seen all the drives that I have, but I might have 28 terabyte drives and it's all full of footage, but one drive has this and another drive has this and another drive has this. So if I want to work on a project, then I have to go first, copy it to one main drive. So I have everything on one drive. And I'll, a lot of times I'll go to like a little SSD drive, like we've talked about on the podcast before. So I'll copy all that stuff. So I'm wasting at least a day if not more, just collecting all the footage that I need for a particular project and getting it on one drive. With the NAS, what my thought process is, is I'm going to be able to take every bit of red footage that I've shot in the last 10 years and put it in one place. So I'll have 100, well, the, the drive I think is 128 terabytes. So I'll have like a hundred terabytes of just red footage and it's everything I've shot for the last 10 years. So if I need to put together a reel, if, if somebody calls me up and says, Hey, have you ever shot hummingbirds before? Yeah. I'll just go, I'll build a little uh, highlight reel and send it to them just to that way they can see if I'm qualified to do what they want to do or what they need shot. And it's something that I can do fairly quickly. So I just kind of graduated into it and it isn't easy. It's, it's not difficult, but, it's taken a lot of time. It took over 30 hours just to set the drives up because you have to plug them in, format them, figure out what kind of raid you want to run. And then from there, 
figure out how many volumes you want. Like I have one volume for one set of projects and another volume that's going to just be the red footage. So it's somewhat confusing, not confusing, somewhat, how would you describe it, Brandon? Or you got one too. It's just time intensive. But it's, it, I think it's in workout pretty. So like Brandon got a two bay drive and you can set these things up to back up to one another. So if he and I are going to work on a YouTube project, then we can have one folder on both drives that those two drives talk and they see, they query each other to notice if there's anything that's been new. If something's been new added to his drive, it'll automatically put it on my drive. We haven't got that far yet. That's supposedly what it does, but that's the thought process that we're going through where like all four of us could have a, a NAS drive and we could all have the latest podcast stuff. So if I can't edit it, then one of you guys could, could take it and edit it. So it's, mm -hmm. it's stuff like that, that we're trying to implement, but I think it's going to be pretty sweet. It's something that runs 24 seven. These drives are high quality drives are called NAS drives or network drives. So they're intended to run 24 hours a day. It's hooked up to my internet, my ethernet. So to my network, which means I should be able to be anywhere in my phone. I can access files from my phone. So it's kind of like a Dropbox. It's kind of like having your own personal little Dropbox. So I could be somewhere on a shoot. And if somebody wants to see some footage, I could at least go find it, transfer it to my phone or my computer from somewhere else in the world and get to the, get to that footage. There's just tons of little things like that, that you can do with this drive, but it remains to be seen if we can figure all that stuff out, but we're working at it. If anybody out there, any listener out there is like a NAS expert, please reach out. Cause I'd love to just talk to somebody that knows more than I do and can give me some pointers. My last one is just, I switch out my gear that I take in my vehicle. It's kind of like the everyday carry thing that Mike talked about, except instead of tools, it's more survival. And in the summertime, I'll use waders a lot more. Um, I'll use them in the wintertime, but it's obviously a different type of waiter, that kind of thing. But I keep a, a kit, a bag, and it's just a, a North Face bag, waterproof bag that's in my vehicle. It's always got some dry clothing. So no matter what I wear out, if I, if I find myself, you know, falling in a river or whatever the case may be, and I need to get into some dry clothes to warm back up, that can really quickly in the wintertime in Wyoming turn into a survival situation. So I always take extra clothes and I just leave them in the vehicle. So that way I never forget. Um, I've always got some wool clothing insulates, even when it's wet, that's in that bag and then extra gloves and some snacks, some granola bars or protein bars, that kind of thing. And that's just one little piece of, of the kit that often gets overlooked, but you know, any time of the year you can run into a survival situation, but the winter time it can get, it can get real in a hurry. So make sure you're thinking about those type of things, not just the, not just the shoot, but make sure you're thinking about worst case scenario when you're setting that up. And I'll take a couple of pictures of my bag and, and send that for the show notes and you can kind of see what I've got. You know what you should do is a little, uh, real or video. a little video yeah. on it for YouTube. Yeah. And do that too. Do a summer one and a winter one. Yep. Because uh, I'd like to see what you got in there. Yeah. I. You just have to have redundancy, especially in the wintertime.
Do you put one on top of the vehicle too? So when you lock your stuff out of the car, you can always get to your clothes. No, but you know what happened yesterday? <laughs> I was using my key as a box cutter and, oh. Oh, no. you know, just to cut the tape on top of the box. And sure enough, the the key was old enough and the plastic was brittle and it snapped out. So I had to make some adjustments on the fly and hit the hardware store, put a new battery in the key fob. And then I glued the crap out of that thing. And it's all in one piece. It works for now, but I'm going to have to break down. Those things are about 350 bucks. So I'm going to have to break down and get a new one. But this one is working great right now. You know, they make these little things called like a box cutter. (laughs) Yeah, I know. But there's all these utility tools that you carry with you everywhere you go. I usually have a knife on me and yes, keys, but yeah, I'm disappointed. Wyoming boy, not having a knife and using keys. That was my fault. It was, it was in another pair of pants and I didn't swap it out. That one's on me. And or need to get a knife for each pair of pants. And or, uh, no, I, I already have too many knives. Yeah. And or what? Leatherman. I don't know how Wyoming boy doesn't have a leatherman on him. Oh, they're too heavy. Oh, you're right. I mean, especially when you need them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got to carry this big old camera lens and this big red camera. Oh, that's, that's an extra three ounces. Does anybody have anything else before we sign off? Make sure. Yep. Precision camera. I got my precision camera hat on tonight. Nice. As I a, wore mine as last a reminder. One. Yeah. They... They have been a, a great store, great sponsor, and they will take care of you if they if you don't hear back from them, get with us and we'll make sure that they get back with you. But they've got a ton going on down there. It's amazing how busy that store, just the one store in Austin we were in, how busy it was. And and you guys said the Houston store was pretty well packed as well while you were there. Yeah, and it's a really nice store. I walked in there and I was really impressed with the the, and it's a fairly new store, but you walk in there and there's plenty of room and there's plenty of inventory and they have a little classroom, which they're going to start doing a lot more stuff. So if you're in Texas, if you're in Houston or Austin or close by, definitely look at some of the classes that they have. Lee Hoy teaches there, at, I think it's at least once a month. In Houston. And if you guys want to just have a ball and just laugh and have a good time while you're learning, Lee is a... He's one of those guys that just has fun with what he does. and But he knows his stuff when it comes to cameras. So it's a good opportunity to take advantage of that too down there. If you're a person that's easily offended, just uh, <laughs> go into that presentation open-minded. <laughs> Lee is a riot and he's nonstop on the go. <laughs> but, but there's nobody is off limits. <laughs> no no so all right oh but the, but you got to do the coupon code oh 50 off 500 50 off 500 and and, and mike luxembourg this this message is for you <laughs> i'm going to follow this up with a text but it is not the wild and afraid coupon code <laughs> <laughs> please communicate to your employees it's a wild and exposed podcast coupon code 50 off of 500 and 
they will take care of you. I think somebody, see, and this is what I'm always worried about with people looking up our name on the internet is they kind of mix things up. So somebody went, you know, combo naked and afraid and wild and exposed. I mean, I can see why those would get intertwined, but wild and afraid we are not. <laughs> Maybe we should buy that, uh, that, that domain, domain name. Yeah, probably yeah. should. <laughs> Instagram probably wouldn't let us use that one either. And it's probably taken. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> All right. Well, thank you all for listening to this episode of Wild and Exposed, our final pro tip episode for the year. And we look forward to what 2023 is going to bring. It's That's crazy to even say, 2023. I thought we'd all be riding around in the Jetson Mobile by now. You've been listening to the Wild and Exposed podcast. If you haven't yet, please give us a rating and a review. And make sure you're subscribed so that you'll get every episode we produce as soon as we drop it. And as always, thanks for tuning in. We're gonna make it someday. Nothing's gonna get in our way. We will be the biggest band in time.